Appointment Ministries Podcast Network. Strength for today's pastor. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Strength for Today's Pastor, a resource designed to strengthen you, the senior or lead pastor of your church. Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poiman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. Welcome to today's edition of Strength for Today's Pastor. I'm Bill Holdridge, director of Poiman Ministries and your host for today's program, which is sponsored by Poiman Ministries. And I have with me today Trip Kimball. Trip and I have had a conversation in a past episode about discipleship and the need for it within the church, especially for senior and lead pastors to be involved in, engaged in the process of making disciples. And we talked a lot about that on our previous episode, so you might want to grab that one and kind of catch up to where we are today. But we talked about the resources that are available for pastors. We've got the Lord Jesus and our relationship to him. We've got the ongoing presence and ministry of the Spirit of God who will help us and give us wisdom. And we've got, of course, the scriptures, which is our curriculum. And we also uh, have the motivation for it all to fulfill the Great Commission and trust the Lord to disperse his people that we have been involved in helping him disciple uh, into various areas of ministry that they're going to be going into. But Tripp and I, uh, off microphone, had a conversation about intentionality, and I think that's where we want to start today. Tripp, welcome. Thank you. Uh, but before you go ahead and respond to that, I want to just reintroduce you a little bit. Tripp is the founding pastor of Living Streams Christian Fellowship in Southern California, where he was for 12 years, now called Joshua Springs Calvary Chapel, and then spent 25 years of ministry in and around the Philippines, uh, training and equipping pastors and leaders. And now he is on our team of appointment ministries pastors. So let's talk about that trip. The idea of intentionality, the senior pastor, the lead pastor, you made a, a strong point that senior pastor, that lead pastor needs to be intentional in making disciples. What do you mean by that? Well, I think we can see intentionality just with Jesus. I mean, Jesus' response uh, to uh, Andrew and another disciple when they said, Lord, uh, where are you staying? You know, Master, where are you staying? He says, come and see. So, he, he, And it, it wasn't just a casual, hey, well, whatever, drop in whenever you want. It, it was intentional, come and see. And, and, and his response then, at that point, and then he goes out and he's intentional when he goes out and he prays, uh, choosing the 12 that were apostles— but they weren't the only disciples. There were so many more disciples that were following him. He didn't turn them away. Uh, they turned themselves away at some point, as we know. But the, the point is, is Jesus is our model of intentionality. He went out and uh, intentionally to draw people to himself. He, to, you know, of course, that's our job is to draw people to ourselves, obviously. Our job is to draw people to Jesus. But he, he went out intentionally and spoke to people. We see this with Barnabas and going to Paul. He, he saw this, this, uh, this radical conversion in Paul's life, and he went out to him. He, and he saw the rejection, not so much rejection, but the fear of, of Paul for, for his life before. So he came, put his arm around him, so to speak, and brought him to Jerusalem, introduced him. And then he goes out and gets him and brings him back to Antioch. 
And I've heard people say, well, you know, what about Acts 15 and Barnabas and Paul split, and then you don't hear anything about Barnabas anymore. Well, the reason they split was because of John Mark. And so Barnabas, his intention was, okay, I don't think God's done with this this young man, John Mark. And Paul says, well, fine, you you know, you deal with them. I'll take Silas and we'll go back and I'll go back and visit these churches. And he did. But we also see Paul being very intentional with Timothy and Titus. And one of the things I like to point out is if Barnabas hadn't gone after John Mark, we'd probably only have uh, the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, and John. So intentionality is really important. Uh, in, in, to me, intentionality is, is I'm making a choice. I'm making a commitment. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm going to engage people for the purpose of discipling them. Yeah, you're going to look for them. You're going to be inviting them. You're going to be encouraging them. You're going to be engaging them. All the things that you just mentioned in your example with, with Barnabas. So the senior pastor, the lead pastor, needs to be intentional. And, of course, that's a process that he'll have to go through in his relationship with God about you know, who and, and how and when and right. where. What are some of the criteria that you would look for? You're intentional. You're looking for people. You want to pour into the right people. You don't want to just pour indiscriminately into someone who's not going to be responsive. Jesus never did that. Uh, but for people that will be responsible, how do you? How can you tell who's going to be ready to have more? Well, I, I think that this goes back to the, the we talked about Second Timothy chapter two, verse one and two, and where Paul says um, the things you heard from me. He says commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, and that's what we see in Acts six. Is uh, uh, Peter says, all right, I want you to choose out from among you seven men. Uh, full of the Holy Spirit and having a good reputation. So that's one of the things that I look for. And if somebody comes up and says, hey, I want to be a missionary, I say, well, what are you doing now in the body of Christ? Oh, I don't need to worry about that now. I'll do it then. Now, if you're not doing it now, uh, chances are likely you're not going to be doing much later on. So I'm going to look for people who have a heart to serve. I'm going to look for people who are faithful in in just being involved, uh, coming, uh, not just learning, but, but willing to serve. And, and when they serve, they're committed. They're not here one, one week and then don't show up for a month and then, oh, hey, I'm back again. I'm going to look for commitment. I'm going to look for faithfulness uh, because that's a, what I see with Jesus. And that's what I saw, see with Paul's uh, exhortation to Timothy. What other qualities might you uh, be looking for? That's a great one. Faithfulness. Love that. I think we also want to see um, the the character of of uh, the Lord, uh, that the character that God's developing. In other words, do we see something of Jesus in them? Do, do what do we see in, in terms of the fruit of the Spirit in our life? Um, we we also, I mean, I'm going to look at also aptitude. So if someone comes up and says, "Hey, I, I want to lead worship," and and I said, "Well, have you have you do you?" sing or, or play an instrument or anything like that no but i'm sure i can learn well uh I, well why don't you why don't you you know do that for a while and then let's see how you do and then maybe we'll get you integrated and involved i i know for myself uh, i remember one day i was i was um dislodging something that a child had flushed down a toilet and i had the toilet off the 
floor and out in the courtyard of the old chapel and I had my hand up inside and I remember uh, Pastor Romaine coming and saying, you know, I know you don't really want to do this right now or you think this is a low job, he says, but I've seen Pastor Chuck do the very same thing right about here. And that meant a lot to me. It was like, I realized, okay, good. I'm following the example of my lead pastor. Uh, what I'm doing has value because I'm following the, the example of my lead pastor. So that's another thing is I'm going to look for people who are following my example in a way that honors the Lord and, and um, you know, th- th- who's responsive, I guess, to, to my leadership would be a better way to put it. Well, that's a big one, because what if uh, a guy is teachable in many ways, wants to be a disciple, but he's not particularly teachable from you? Right. Uh, well, and, and that's one of those things where you, you have to uh, have some discernment and realize that there's times when uh, you, you see some great potential in someone, but uh, either they don't, you don't click with them, or, uh, or they're, they're not very responsive to you or, or, or to the things that you give them opportunity in. So, yeah, it requires some discernment. It also requires some humility. I've got to be humble enough to know that I'm, you know, I'm not in charge. As I say, uh, so far as I know, God hasn't put me in charge of the church. So I, I don't know all the answers. I don't know everything that should be done, et cetera. And um, I can't dictate for others what they should or should not be doing. So I think it requires some discernment, but also requires some humility on, on our part. Well, then that leads us to another question, Trip. We've talked about this a little bit. What is discipleship and what isn't discipleship in your view? What What have you seen? Yeah, good good question. Um, I have a, a real simple way of, of defining discipleship. and This is my own. Is I see it as a transfer of our personal experiential relationship with the Lord to others within a relational framework. In other words, one-on-one or among a few people, whatever it might be. And it requires a mutual commitment of time and willingness, respect, patience, and discipline. So, uh, and and of course, the, the 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 foundation for all of that needs to be the gospel. And, uh, you know, in, in all of the scriptures, uh, that needs to be our foundation. We're in, so a lot of times I'll take them through First Timothy, Second Timothy, uh, Titus. Uh, I love to use Philemon as, a, as a, an example of uh, counseling or an example of how you come and encourage someone to uh, be accepting of others, and that type of thing. So, uh, you know, you, you have to find ways of, of utilizing the scripture uh, uh, as as well. But, but I see this: it's intentional, it's relational, uh, it's personal. It needs to be personal as well. Yeah, we can see Jesus doing that with his disciples on their walks between cities and villages and questions that they would ask that aren't recorded in scripture and a lot of on-the-cuff, off-the-cuff, spontaneous discussions. That's That's what you're talking about in the course of life and ministry as well. It's highly relational. Right, right. And, and, and in order to be relational, that means you got to get out of your office and, and you know, your study, and you need to be available. You know, we always say, you know, God calls the those that are available, you know, not just the qualified, but the, those are, you know, who are available and willing. Uh, 
And I think that also speaks to us as leaders is, is that are we making ourselves available for people to come? Like I said, going back to Pastor Chuck, mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing I remember on a, uh, after a Sunday, well, not so much Sunday mornings, but Sunday evenings, Thursday evenings, and back in the day when he actually did Mondays as well, he would spend time uh, Saturdays, uh, men's prayer. He would spend time talking with people, praying with people. Uh, specifically. So he, he, he may not be who we, you know, he may not have talked about discipleship. He lived it. And I think that that, that example is huge. It's really, really huge. And it's not a program. It's not what, just what we teach from the pulpit or, or in Bible study night. It, it's what is transferred through our lives to others. Intentionality then is a lot connected to availability to to people so let's move on from there so you said that's what discipleship is what is discipleship not well i I think we have to be careful in in saying what it's not i mean god can use lots of different things but when we when we put it aside as um, a program or we say well oh you want to be discipled well and then we send them off to bible college or bible school somewhere or school ministry it's not that those things are, are not good, but that isn't really discipleship per se. Now, when when I was um, when I started the Bible college in the Philippines, I, I mean I know I did things differently than the average uh, <laughs> director and teacher because I, I my go to is being interactive. I want discussion. I'm not afraid to be challenged. And and I, but my thing is is you challenge me. I'm going to ch- challenge you with this, with the word and, and and with what I know from experience. So I would spend a, a fair amount of time tutoring and uh, discussing things and spending time in and out of class with students. Uh, I made myself available, in other words, and and to my staff, to the students, and I found that that that's something. I even did that within the community. I would go around and talk to different people and businesses and that sort of thing. And although it it didn't necessarily bear fruit immediately, what's amazed me is is after I left uh, Yucca Valley and, and went to the Philippines, and I would come back on furloughs, and I would see people in church that I had engaged years before who were uh, just part of the community. And it, it blessed me to see that there they were. They were in, in fellowship. Did I have a part in that? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I had some part in it. Uh, but the the point is that I made myself available. I engaged people. I, that's that intentional engagement, but it also needs to be personal. Not just pro- programmatic, but personal and, and engage, engaged-wise in, in terms of personal relationship. So, you know, senior pastor, lead pastor listening to this is thinking, okay, I get it. I need to make disciples. I need to be intentional about this, and I need to help people discover Jesus in fresh ways and what he means in their lives. What's next for them, and why is this so important for them in leading and pastoring the church? Well, one thing that I feel is really critical is the time that we live in. I I am concerned that if we are not engaged in intentional discipleship at the level of engagement that uh, young people can uh, respond to, 
that we're losing them. I mean, I mean, there's there's plenty of research done to show that uh, even kids raised in church are leaving the church. So, my, I have a passion for uh, millennials and Gen Zers. Even though I'm an old guy, I'm gonna I'm intentional about hanging around them and being with them and being willing to listen to them and engage them. I want to know what their story is. So uh, sometimes I'll just, uh, as I'm talking to someone, I'll, I'll ask them, I says, well, where are you at with, with spiritual things? Where are you at with God? And I'll let them kind of share their little thing, their story or whatever it is. I find that if I, when I build a relationship through trust that way, they're willing to trust me with what, what I share as well. So in other words, if I, um, build trust in a relationship and make myself available with, with a, a younger person, then they're more likely to listen to what I have to say when it comes to sharing the gospel and um, speaking to them about whatever questions or things that they're, they're struggling with or grappling with. I don't know if that quite answers what you're looking for, but... Well, you know, just the pastor's getting convinced and has thought about this and heard about this before and maybe has done it in the past and hasn't been doing it now, why and is this important for, for him to pick it back up again and, and do it again? And you've answered part of it. We've got to reach the next generation. That's, that's a huge answer. Well, I mean, part of it is our responsibility. I mean, if you look in Ephesians 4.11, the, the purpose of pastors and evangelists and so on the, the purpose is, is we need to see that we're uh, God's gift to the church, uh, not in and of ourselves, but for the purpose of equipping the church. It doesn't say equipping leaders. It says equipping the church. And, and if you continue along, and verse 16 is one of my favorite verses, and, and uh, that the body is built up as each part, as each uh, part of the body does their share, more or less. And, and I think that that's, Part of the vision of, of of not just maintaining a church, but seeing a church staying vital and, and growing and growing in depth is that we need to engage people at a level. So it might be through um, uh, small groups, but we need to have a hand in that, I think. I mean, I, I personally feel like I need to be leading the leaders of small groups. I need to spend time with them. I need to listen to to what they're doing. That's what I did with my teachers in the Philippines. I, I wanted to know how how are things going this week? What, are, are there any problems? Are there any difficulties you're running into? I want to listen to them, and then I want to encourage them. And I want to, if I can advise them or and help them in some way, then uh, I'll, I'll give them that advice. But the the main thing is is listening, encouraging, uh, in, engaging them. Because what I, that's what I see Jesus doing with the disciples. You know, he, he would pour into them, and then he would send them out. You know, like the feeding of the 5,000, the only miracle found in all four Gospels. Uh, and they say, you know, Lord, we better send the people away. They're hungry, you know, or distant place. He says, no, you go feed them. What? You know, he says, go see what you got. And then they, they come back to him, and, and, you know, we know the rest of the story. But the... The, the, the point I'm getting at is, is that you, you, you got to work with who you have, who the Lord's brought you. You've got to work with what you've got. And then you need to be intentional about that. And, and I believe a, a big part of that is, Lord, show me how. Show me how to do that. Because that's basically how I had to learn. I didn't have someone 
giving me a, a, a blueprint of how to do it. I think there, I mean, I know there are books out there that, that, that provide kind of a blueprint for discipleship and they're good. They're, they're solid. But, but even in having a curriculum per se, I need to be engaged beyond the curriculum itself with the people that are studying and, and in the study process. So within a church, I'm gonna, I need to spend time with my leadership, uh, whether they're paid or, or volunteer, and I, I need to listen to them. I need to engage them, and, and I need to invest in them. And then, uh, likewise, I also need to encourage them how they can invest in the those that they're leading. So, I mean, that's that's basics, uh, and that's where I would say is a starting point. So we're not talking about discipling people into a church program necessarily. We're talking about discipling them into Christ and into His plan for them within the church. There's a big difference between those two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're not just following a you know uh, a ten step process. Uh, we're following it's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong engagement for however long those people are uh, you, uh, given to us in terms of responsibility. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's a lifelong thing. I, I mean, I still carry on conversations with people in the Philippines who. Uh, from time to time will ask me, you know, uh, advice about things. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I always see it as a lifelong thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, how many, great. how many, how many, how many times did you go and say, and ask Chuck, uh, Hey Chuck, um, you know, I get this situation or you ask somebody else, uh, it, it's lifelong. It's right. not like for a period of time. So. Well, to those pastors that are listening to this right now, thanks for tuning in. And, I'll just leave everyone trip with this comment, and that is that you have a passion for this, and you love, love, love it when you see pastors starting to get out from behind their desk and getting intentional and starting to be with their people and being focused on duplicating themselves and teaching Jesus to people so that they can grow. So I know you're available, so let me just say to the pastors, if you would like some coaching and some encouragement and some ideas about what to do next in terms of making disciples within the fellowship, the people that God has brought to you, I would say, you know, I would encourage you strongly to get a hold of Pastor Tripp through our Poyman Ministries website. That's poymanministries.com. And you'll be able to get in touch with Tripp that way. He'll connect with you and and even a phone call could be something that could really motivate you and give you some really good ideas for how to move forward. You open for that trip? Absolutely. That's that's the thing. You know, you know, I I love all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I know. I know you do, and that's that's why we're doing this podcast, and it's awesome. Well, God bless you all for listening. It's been great to have you uh, with us today on Strength of Today's Pastor. Uh, tune in next time for another great podcast edition, uh, Strengthening Pastors to Strengthen Churches. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poyman Ministries. You can find us at poymanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, 
just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.